0: You when you're sitting down, tell them uh, welcome to welcome to Summer Stovehouse. <laughs> it's um it's good to be here. We have uh, so this is Palm Sunday, and uh, which means next week is Easter. Next Sunday is Easter. So I'm going to go ahead and invite you back out in a week here for Easter Sunday. It's going to be a, um, it's going to be a great great week for our church. It's going to be a great great week for the church. Uh, in Huntsville. And um, there are, uh, it's such an incredible, it's, it's, it's usually a, a really good opportunity for um, me and for you, the people that are in our lives that uh, maybe they aren't involved in a church anywhere. Uh, maybe they used to be, or maybe they never have been. Um, but it's, it's, it's a perfect opportunity for people to hear a message of hope. And uh, I, I really can't think of a time in our lives when, when the message of hope is a bad message. And in fact, next week is a perfect time for a message of hope. Uh, I mean, how, how many of you in here have uh, somebody in your life that desperately needs to hear the truth of the hope found in Jesus? And so next week's perfect time for that. I want to invite you back out. We're going to have a great uh, Easter service. Uh, also, right now, the month of April, we have a couple outreaches, our April outreaches uh, for our church now, our our church itself as a as a as a church plant um, right now set up and tearing down over here at Stovehouse. Uh, we we ourselves in a lot of ways are uh, an outreach with the church, <laughs> but we also are. Everything about us is for um, the city. If for we're for Huntsville, and so one of the ways that we do that is we support local outreaches. There's two that we're doing this month. Uh, one of them is called Shower Up. And then another one is uh, linked up with an organization, and it is called Movers for Moms. And both of those um, bring uh, uh, resources, uh, toiletries, stuff that people would need that are displaced uh, from their home. Those that are with Movers for Moms, they are um, uh, single moms with kids that uh, are staying at the downtown rescue mission. And uh, that way when they come in from, uh, from wh- wherever they've just left, they have something that they can walk into, and they have supplies as soon as they go in, and it's a, it's a ministry of uh, of our church, uh, and then Shower Up is those that don't have a place to live; they're homeless. And uh, there's a, a guy that started a pretty incredible uh, nonprofit ministry called Shower Up, and it's like a it's like a food truck. except if you don't eat, you have showers, and so people are able to go. They've they've been out on the street all night long, and, and um, it provides opportunities for them to uh, to clean up and, um, and provide a dignity to those who uh, bear the image of God. You and me are. Uh, carry the in- image of God in us, and uh, so we want to recognize that and honor those that are in our lives and in our city um, that specifically are struggling with homelessness, and so what you can do is we have a drop-off here at the church, the two boxes that are in the back over by our big orange welcome sign, um, and you can, drop, you can bring stuff in and drop those off um, uh, each Sunday, so I encourage you to do that. All right, you guys ready to dig into the Word? Yep. Y'all with me this morning? Y'all don't know what to do. Y'all are looking around, you're like, this is a new space. I don't know. I don't know what to do with my hands. And you're just sitting here, and you're just waiting. Let me tell you something. We're about to get into it. Y'all ready? Yeah. Y'all with me? Yeah. Good. All right. Here we go. So um, we're, in the, we're in the middle of a series. We'll, we'll finish it this next week. It's called This is the Way. Everybody say, This is the Way. And um, we did a series called This is the Way in Christmas, during Christmas. And this is our Easter version. And, and, and here's why. It, it, it matters how Jesus saves the world. It matters how he goes about doing it. It matters that he uh, was born in a manger and not in a palace. It's important. It it matters, it's important that his plan was a cross and not a sword. His tool to save the world wasn't a sword, it was a a cross. It it matters how he goes about doing that. It matters that Jesus' people seem to be uh, unimportant unimpressive, uh, nameless, faceless, placeless people is, is me and you. It matters. The ordinary people, it matters that those are his people. And when it comes to following Jesus, how he saves the world tells us everything that I need to know about how I'm to respond to his grace and how I'm to, to live in this world. Um, I, I want to know how to live. How many of you want to know how to live? There's a lot of people telling us that they know how to live, and yet I find it difficult to find somebody long term at the end of the day where I go. I think that person is living a flourishing life. I think they know how to live. Now, it, it doesn't matter whether they have lots of stuff. How do li- and and um and this is what uh, Jesus teaches us. So our text this morning, Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse one, Jesus is going into Jerusalem. Jesus is making his way into Jerusalem on his way, almost titled the series uh, uh, On the Way because all of our messages have to do with Jesus heading toward Jerusalem, heading toward this final space, intentional as to where he's going. And he's on his way into Jerusalem, and um, everybody starts to flip out and everybody starts to celebrate. Uh, And why they're celebrating is is a little bit different than uh, why he's coming in. And so beginning in verse 1, it says this, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. And so they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus was going to sit on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred, and they asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers, the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer. But you're making it a den of robbers. The blind and lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they, the Pharisees and teachers of the law, were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night. Our second verse is in Revelation. It's the last book of the Bible all the way at the end. Some of uh, y'all are familiar with Revelation. It says this, verse 5. And he who was seated on the throne, Jesus, and he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. This is the word of the Lord. What is the greatest display of power that you've ever seen? You think about it. You, you, you think back in your mind, what's the greatest dis- display of power that you've ever seen? If you had asked me um, uh, when I was nine years old, uh, it would have been the, uh, the monster truck rally at the BJCC that I went to. And I had some uh, earplugs. I was very nervous. I didn't have earplugs. And I thought I was going to lose my hearing at 9. I, I, I began to cry. And I was nervous that I was never going to hear again. And I went to the monster truck rally. Somebody gave me earplugs. And it was amazing. Anybody ever been to a monster truck rally? It, it's, it's, it's legit, isn't it? It's serious. It's, it's, uh, it's powerful. Man, those, those, those trucks, man, they just jump up in the air and then they land on other cars. Some of you girls, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand just smashing cars. It's just awesome. If you asked me at nine, I'd have said BJCC Monster Truck Rally, Bigfoot just coming up, power. If you had asked me at twelve, I would have said the mighty Marquise. He um, he was uh, head taller than everybody else. He pitched harder, hit further. He was the most feared baseball player in my entire league. He hit bombs on everyone, including me. I've pitched him, and I was thinking, I'm going to strike out Marquise, and everybody's going to lift me on their shoulders, and they're going to carry me around the field, and they're like, you did it, you did it. I did not. He destroyed everyone, and everyone was fearful of the power display of the mighty Marquise. I pitched to him one time, and he hit a line drive so hard he hit me in the wrist. I thought my arm was going to fall off, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. My career's over. If you had asked me at 12, I'd have been like, it's Marquise, he's he's a stud. If you had asked me at 16, what's the greatest display of power you've ever seen? I would say it's Summer Davis. Summer Davis, <laughs> the most popular girl in school, she would walk down the hall and the people, they would just part like the Moses and the Red Sea, and everyone would just summer. If you had asked me at 16, I'd be like, there's nothing, there's, I've never seen anything. More, more powerful in all my life. You point to other things now. Um, I went a couple weeks ago. I'm not a big golfer uh, at all. When I say not a big golfer, I've, I've, went, I've gone once. I was uh, 16, and I was, it was terrible. It was terrible, and I never played again. And so somehow my brother-in-law invited me to, this is gonna sound like a big deal to some of you that are golfers. I didn't know this at the time. They shouldn't have even let me in because I didn't care. But it was the players tournament down at Sawgrass in Florida. It's a really big deal. And so I'm there and I have these phenomenal tickets and we go in and my brother-in-law's Australian and the, the guy that's winning uh, the tournament that year's name is Cam Smith he is Australian and so we carry my brother-in-law's Australian flag and I tied around his neck and we're standing there and we're watching this famous hole in 17 some of y'all know what I'm saying y'all you're shaking your head like this you're like I know what I'm there with you and I watched uh, uh, Cam Smith come by I watched Bubba Watson come over famous hole 17 I kid you not Everybody's chanting, "ba ba," and then it gets quiet. He hits the ball. While the ball's in the air, it lands on this little island. There is a bald eagle that flies down over the crowd. At the same time, lands in the nest, and over in the distance is an American flag waving, and I'm just like, this is America. It was amazing. It was the most beautiful sight I've ever seen. I don't even care about golf, and I was like, I do now. It was, it was power. Some of y'all, when you think about power, you think of maybe... Um, Great displays of uh, military might, exploits, you know, military exploits of the U.S. Uh, when, you, when you're going to make an announcement, when, when, when you're going to throw a celebration or you're going to make a declaration, how do, how do you do it? If you're going to make a big celebration, so every, um, usually you do it with a display of power. Every, every four years there's a presidential inauguration and, and uh, usually they celebrate with some form, display of, of, of triumph. You know, they have... They have famous people, and they have uh, all kinds of music, all kinds of stuff. They have huge crowds, um, or maybe not huge crowds. It depends on who's telling the story. Um, uh, Now, if you're going to make a great announcement, inauguration of sorts, an announcement that the Messiah is here, the Savior of the world, how do you do it? How do you make that announcement? With, with, if it was us, it would be with tanks and with airplanes, with some famous athletes and the prettiest people from entertainment. It would be with Marquise and monster trucks. Summer would be there somewhere. A few, all, all these things would be making this grand announcement. Why? Because it's the greatest announcement ever. And you've got to have all the most powerful things you can think of. The conglomeration of power all placed right there. And you're like, this is it. One thing I would not mention as a great display of power nor would anyone in the world is that of a display of a donkey. You're not putting the donkey in it. And yet here we find another glimpse, another tiny glimpse of what we've seen a hundred other times with Jesus trying to display that his way to life and our way to finding life are simply not the same. They're not the same. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a blip. In the Matrix, it's a it's a little uh, glitch in the multiverse. It is that's what we're looking. If you can see it, he's showing that his way of life is different, and how we understand power. How we understand power is one of the most significant indicators of living a life of peace and joy and love. And if the goal of life it is to live in peace and enjoy. How many of you guys want to live in peace and enjoy? Excuse me. How many of y'all want to live in peace and enjoy? How we understand the way of triumph will determine the level at which we experience real peace. So, so picture this with me. Can, can you picture the display of power? So everybody uh, is on the way for their yearly pilgrimage uh, to Jerusalem. And uh, they, they're, they're remembering the day of freedom. They're headed for Passover. They celebrate Passover, and it's this long hike, this long road up to the city until they finally get to the holy city. It's Freedom Day, and it's this massive pilgrimage. And so many people are coming, including Jesus. And then they see who it is. It's Jesus, and he's riding on a donkey, and they start to take off their cloaks. And um, You don't throw cloaks down for a friend. You don't throw them down for a special family member. You don't throw your cloak down for anybody. This is royalty. They're throwing their cloaks down on the ground to to celebrate the royalty that's coming through. They're saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's the son of David. They take palm branches. You don't just cut down trees and palm branches because you're excited. You don't just do it because it's, it's it's just a thing to do. You do it because there's a king that's on the way. And so they're celebrating. There's palm branches and there's cloaks and they're singing. You don't have the children and the elderly and they're all singing together, save us right now. You don't do that for some run-of-the-mill preacher. It's for the Messiah. That's what's, that's what's occurring. So 200 years earlier, there was, this, uh, there was this guy named Judas Maccabius. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Man, I just feel served right now thanks brother you guys good <laughs> I'm gonna kick this over all right <clears throat> there was a uh, back to it there's a guy named Judas Maccabeus and um, he, he had led a revolt where so we get the uh, this is where we remember the the, the Maccabees the Maccabean revolt and so he had cleansed out the temple and uh, he got rid of all the idols, and he, and he uh, removed uh, the, the, the celebration of the Greek gods. He restored temple worship uh, for the Jews that were there. And they, and they welcomed him with palm branches and uh, cloaks that were thrown on the ground. And Judas had started a dynasty that had lasted for 100 years. It was 200 years ago. And, um, and so here it is. Uh, make no mistake, Jesus is coming in, and this is a royal reception. It's a royal reception. The Messiah has come. And then and then there it is. There's this little blip. There's a little glitch in the picture that you're that we're that we're looking at. It's, it's, this, little, it's this little thing. It's screaming that his way is different. It's Jesus on a donkey. Jesus is on a donkey. The crowd sang and yelled, Hosanna. And it's this uh, exuberant expression, it's a, a mix of praise and prayer. They're saying, save us, save us, do it right now. And they're celebrating the arrival of the Messiah as he rides in on a donkey. What is your vision of triumph? What is your vision of, of power? Jesus riding on a donkey on Palm Sunday, is a, it's, it's a fulfillment of prophecy, but it's also a reframing, a, a reframing of power. And the story placed before us really gives us two options, two questions. Will we live according to the world's definition of power? And will we live according to Jesus's demonstration of power? How will we live according to Jesus's definition and his demonstration of power? Because everyone there had a massive expectation of what was about to happen. And they were all celebrating. But the picture of why, and they should have been celebrating. But the picture of why Jesus was going into Jerusalem, his purpose, was different ultimately than what they had seen. How we understand power is the most significant indicators of living a life of joy, peace, and love. We know why Jesus came into Jerusalem. Uh, We're familiar He's not to be enthroned like David or Judas, Maccabeus, or like Herod, but Jesus came in to be killed. And the meaning Jesus attaches to this triumphal entry is very different than the meaning that they're wanting to see. And so, people, me and you, people turn to God when, uh, oftentimes, when there's something that we want real bad, right? We oftentimes, we'll turn when there's something we want real bad, and it's like, you know, it's like finally learning to use a, a phone when we have an emergency, and, and uh, it, it would have made sense to learn it sooner, but it wasn't quite important, but now we've, that's, you know, that's who we are, and so, uh, you know, people's response to God, whether it's, whether it's church attendance or, or prayer or whatever, oftentimes, uh, that interest tends to go up when there's an emergency, Right? When, when, when there's a major crisis, an earthquake, a war, or whatever. And so suddenly everybody, all of us, we want to ask the hard questions. Everyone wants Jesus to ride into the city and become the sort of king that we need and that we want him to be in that moment. So we, so we say, we pray, give us peace and, and uh, pay my bills. I need, pay my bills and do it, hurry, do it, do it fast. You know, save my sick family member or give me a job tomorrow, I need it. <laughs> And whatever that prayer is, we say, do it, do it now. And so Jesus intends to answer all these prayers. He, he um, once you, you know, once you invite Jesus to help, he doesn't wait on our motives to be perfect. He doesn't wait on our motives to be perfect and to be right. But at the same time, Jesus likes to answer things his own way. Imagine that. And so uh, it's, a, it's a funny thing about prayer. Once you invite Jesus to help, he will do so more Thoroughly than you imagined and uh, more deeply than maybe you even wanted once you invite him to help. And so this morning I have three quick uh, points that I want to point to that are, that are challenges to this morning. We're talking about the triumphant way. Jesus' triumphant way. We talked about uh, the, 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 the costly way. This morning we're talking about the triumphant way, the power way. And so there are three challenges to the triumphant way. The first one is this, is our vision. Our vision. We oftentimes don't know what the triumphant way looks like. Our, 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 our vision is limited. We don't know. We have too many competing vim, uh, 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 visions. And so the Jews had this idea for what it looked like for the Messiah to triumph. And uh, the, the Romans had an idea. And, and then we have our own idea for what it looks like for Jesus to triumph in our own life. Everybody has this idea. Is it possible that Jesus... Could be on his way to bringing the kingdom of God alive in our lives, but we can't see it. Is it possible that in every, any and every circumstance that we invite Jesus into, is it possible that he is on his way, we just can't see it? Our, our, um, so the, the question this morning is, where in your life is Jesus bringing about a victory riding on a donkey rather than a white stallion. That's the question. Where in my life is Jesus bringing about a victory because he loves you and he loves me and as it wait on our motives to be, be, to be perfect, to be pure. He's going to respond when we pray. But where in my life is he writing in? When we talk about Palm Sunday, the salvation of the world, it's, it's right there. It's happening. It's on the way. It's all a part of the process. Even the, the children of Israel, they knew it and they were celebrating. They just thought it was going to look different and it was going to be right there. So the question is where in your own life and in my life, is Jesus bringing about a victory? How about that? Y'all want to compete with that? Where in your own life is Jesus bringing about a victory, but he's on a donkey instead of a horse? I promise you, if you think about it, if you've submitted those prayers to Jesus, he's active and he's moving, but it's slow. It can be slow, but he's there and he's moving. And he's doing it where in your life have you invited Jesus to intervene and he's riding into the situation just a little bit different than how you expected our vision is the challenge when we are paying attention and we're learning Jesus's way of triumph his way is different than your way in fact scripture says his ways are higher than our ways it's hard for us to grasp it's hard for us to grasp That's why the second biggest challenge, even when we see what that vision is, maybe we even have the right vision, is our trust. One of the greatest challenges is our trust. Once we get get the picture of what it looks like, we don't trust that's the best way. And so earlier, a few chapters earlier than the one we just read, Matthew chapter 16, Simon Peter is talking to Jesus, and he's in the group, and he just answers the right question to the group, uh, to Jesus, in front of a group, and Jesus commends him. He's like, good job, Simon Peter. You're awesome. Have you ever been in class and like the teacher asked the question and you raise your hand and nobody knows it? Maybe maybe you've been there. Very few people know the question. Very few people know the answer. And you raise your hand, you answer the question. And they're like, that's right, Joel. Good job. Nobody else knew that, but you knew that. And you're just like, yeah, I did know that. That's what Simon Peter does. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter says, uh, people give like little answers and stuff. You know, some people say you're this prophet. Some people say that you're Elijah. Some people say this. Some people say that. And and Jesus says, "Well, who do you say that I am?" And Simon Peter says, "I say that you're the Messiah." And Jesus is like, "Boom! You got it. You didn't. Nobody showed you that. God showed you that." And Simon Peter like, "Head instant melon. All right. Just he just." And then right after this happens, Simon Peter is. Talking to Jesus and he goes, look, here's the deal. He said, I'm gonna, I'm about to go into Jerusalem and I'm gonna die. He does this several times, so many times, several times, and the disciples never get it. It's such a foreign concept that Jesus would save them and the entire world, reconcile the entire world into himself. It's such a foreign concept that it would include a cross. Nobody ever heard it. He said it plenty of times, but they didn't, they didn't hear it. It went through their ears and out the other. So he tells the disciples, I'm gonna go into Jerusalem and I'm gonna to have to die. And Simon Peter stands up because he's like now the cool one. He's got all the right answers. He's like, Jesus, actually, no, you're not gonna go and die this time. That's not what's gonna happen. And 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 Jesus, who just told him, You're Simon Peter, you're the, you're the, you're, I'm gonna, on this rock, I'm gonna build my church. Look, you got you, you're the man. He just told him that, and then he turns around and he goes, uh Get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're talking about. Have have you ever been in a group and somebody is talking and they're talking to you, but they're looking at everybody else? It's just weird. It's just awkward. Jesus did that to Peter. That's what it says. He says, he's looking at the disciples. He goes, get behind me, Satan. It's like Corey's standing over here and he says something totally wrong. And I don't want to go and do that. Earlier, he was telling me how to hang the pipe and drape, even though he's the professional and I don't know what I'm doing. I told him I didn't want to do it that way. And so, and so I'm, I'm looking at Corey and instead I look at all of y'all and I say, get behind me, Satan. That's, 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 that's literally what happened, but that's not you because I love you and you're not Satan. And okay. This is, this is, it's, it's, it's so common in us. Our, our struggle is, it's not really any different once we see Jesus at work, once we get the picture of what He might be doing in our lives, oftentimes we simply say, "I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to do it that way. I don't like that way. There's no way that Jesus that you could be in that. There's no way that that could be a part of your plan. There's no way that this repulsive, this repulsive piece of uh, this, this tree over here, this execution, Uh, Way there's no way that that's a part of the salvation plan. Nobody could nobody could grasp it, and so our struggle is the same. And so our, our challenge is the vision. How does Jesus intervene in my life? He does, and he will. He will, and he does. And the second one is this: once we see possibly that he's intervening, do we trust that he's going to see it to completion? Revelation. I read that that verse. Revelation 21. It says, "Behold." I make, I'm making all things new. I'm making all things new. That includes every part of your life that you've surrendered to him. He's going to make it new. The problem is, it's hard to trust when we look up and he's riding through on a donkey. And yet, it is oftentimes his plan because his work is deeper, truer, and better than even your imagination. It's beyond your imagination. The walk with Jesus, the walk with Jesus. if you went to church when you were younger, some of you guys grew up in church, I know you did, you talked to me, some of you didn't, I've talked to you. If you grew up in church when you were younger and you were taught that following Jesus was easy, was easy and there's nothing to it, you just pray this prayer and you're done, you were not told the truth. You just weren't. You could ask one of the disciples, be like, hey man, how easy was it for you? All of them were killed for their faith, minus maybe one. It's, 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 not, it's not simple. I mean, it's not easy. However, it is so good, so rich, and so true. My guess is if you were able to have a conversation with any of those disciples and ask them, would you change anything, they probably only would make, I don't want to put words in their mouths, they probably would have said something along the lines of, maybe if I just would have trusted him a little bit more. He's trustworthy. He's trustworthy in every, in every circumstance. That's a challenge. Our vision, our trust, and then the last one is this, our obedience. Our obedience. Sometimes you see the bigger picture. Sometimes you even go, God, I know you're trustworthy, and then you just land on this. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> right? I just don't want to. I just don't want to. Once we know the way... In our heart, we trust Jesus knows better. Sometimes we simply just don't want to do it. What's amazing is we get this picture right after this, um, the, the a, a week, of just a few days later from this Palm Sunday experience, and Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's asking the Father, "Will you, will you provide a different way? Will you give a different way?" And I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even pretend to know all the intricacies of what that relational dynamic is of, of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit all in, in, in union in that moment. And yet, because Jesus is both fully God and fully human, 100% human, he also dealt with the same, the same tensions. And he goes, is there, is there another way? And it was so intense. That that moment of submission and obedience was so intense. It actually says that he's, he was sweating drops of blood. He knows that in just a, in um, uh, he 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 knows that the triumphant way of God leads to the cross, but it's painful. He has the vision. He trusts the Father. The Father's been good the whole time. But even Jesus had the challenge of obedience. Even Jesus had the. the it was not that he not that he thought I'm not going to obey. But because he was fully human, it was still there. In fact, Hebrews tells us, the scripture says that though Jesus' son, though he was, he learned obedience, the fullness of that, through which he suffered. By which, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, such a mystery. There's something mysterious about us learning who God is by what we walk through. It's, it's a mystery of the scriptures that yet at the same time, Jesus knows what you're going through and yet is trustworthy and is an an intercessor. He's a mediator. He'll go in between for you to God. He'll do that for us. It's, It's a beautiful mystery. Revelation 21 says, And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And so the question this morning really is this. In what areas of your life is Jesus riding in on a donkey instead of a white horse? Is he on his way making all things new? He is. In what, in what area are you going, God, I know you've got good plans, but man, this is tough. Is it in, is it in, uh, is it in your marriage? Is it in your singleness? Is it in your singleness? Is it in your work? Is it in your family? Uh, Maybe it's with your children. Maybe it's the the house you've been trying to buy or the car that just got uh, repossessed. Or maybe it's this nagging loneliness. And you go, God, I'm going to resurrender these things. And what area of my life is God? There's tension there. And so I want to pray with you this morning. This is a... Um, uh, the, the, the morning's message is leading into Resurrection Sunday, a celebration. But there's a, there's a tension on Palm Sunday. There's a tension because there's people that are there that are celebrating, and then there's people that are there that just right after they, they, they can feel it themselves, they're going, I don't understand. I, why, why aren't all these things being made new now? Why isn't it happening now? And so there's a, there's a tension and so there's a the tension even here in the room with us even now. Next Sunday, man it's gonna it's celebration Sunday. We're going to remember it's a, we know what happens. Jesus goes to the cross. And three days later he rises from the grave. He begins the process of reconciling the world into himself. We now have, fullness of the kingdom a life of joy peace and righteousness in the holy spirit made available to us he invites us to the table to sit with him and yet we know that but that doesn't mean that you are not in the middle of holy week now just you're looking and you're going is is he on a donkey is he on a donkey in my own life so i want to pray for you this morning if you would if you close your eyes maybe you're in here and you just say um Joel, I, I, I want to I recognize it. I want to recognize that. I want to recognize where God is in my life, and I want to trust, and I want to obey. I want to submit. I want to do those things. Maybe you're here and you say, Joel, in, in order for me to walk in the way of Jesus, I, I'm, I'm going to have to learn to trust him. And there are things in my life now that I'm supposed to trust God with, but I'm struggling. And So really, you're just, your prayer is, you know, will you pray for me that I see Jesus' way in my life? I place my trust that he's at work and he knows best it's a simple prayer but man it's a bold prayer will you just Joel you just pray for me that I'm made aware of what he's doing and that I and that I trust I believe help 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 the belief that's lacking if that's you this morning I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have you come up here I just just as a as a confession to God now Nobody's eyes are open. If you just say, Hey, Joel, that's me. Will you pray for me? Would you just raise your hand real, real high, and you put it back down. Yeah. Yeah. So many of us. So many of us, that's that, that it, so many of us, that's where we are. And some of us in the room, next month that'll be us. Maybe you didn't put your hand up next month, that'll be us. Why? Because that's that's life. And yet, Jesus with us the entire time. Maybe, maybe you're in here and you'd say, Joel, i I'm, look, I know the right decision in my life right now. Uh, maybe it's to trust God or or maybe it's to ask that person for for forgiveness, maybe make things right at work, maybe maybe with your family, you're just struggling to do it. It's like Jesus in the garden. He's, he's struggling for the next move, even though he knows the right move. And so you say this morning, Joel, I, I know what I need to do. Will you please pray for me that I have the courage to follow through? Strengthen that obedience bone in my body. Strengthen that. I, I want the faith, the trust, and the obedience of Jesus in the garden. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand real, real high and then you put it back down. Yeah. God, this morning, what an incredible picture, what an incredible display you've provided for us of your love, God, your goodness. God, we'll never, for our entire lives, God, we'll never reach the, the bottom, the depths, God, of um, all that you've done for us and even are doing for us right now. And so, God, in our church and in these lives of the people that are in this room now, those that have raised their hand, God, even the people that have not, Lord, I pray that you would increase our trust in you. Expand our vision for where we see you active in our lives. And where we see that something's not good, help us realize that just means you're not done. Because you're still working, you're still moving the end you make all things new god i pray for those that lifted their hands this morning fill them with your courage and your trust god the gift of faith may it rise in them and god may you come to their defense in every area of their lives god where they see you coming in on a donkey god may we trust your plan is greater we trust you in jesus name amen
1: well good morning Oh, I'm going to kick that over. I feel like I've smiled since I walked in. Y'all have probably seen me cheesing. It's like Christmas to me. Like, oh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad to be worshiping with you this morning. I'm so grateful for this space while our uh, building is being uh, renovated. Yes. And so thank you for joining us this special week, Palm Sunday. Uh, If it's your first time here with us at Four Corners Church, I would love the opportunity just to write you a little note thanking you for being with us. In each of these uh, guides is a connection card. And if you'd like to fill that out and drop it off in the drop box, we've got a drop box uh, near our information table in the corner. And um, I promise I won't show up at your house or or call you or anything. I just want to write you a little note thanking you for being with us this morning. Um, Joel already mentioned, I just want to remind you, we do have these outreaches going on through the, uh, month of, of April. And so, um, Keith and Lana Barshinger, if you'll wave your hand, they are our contacts for Shower Up. And then, um, if you have any questions, I know Stephanie right here in the middle, she knows everything about, uh, uh, Movers for Moms. And so if you've got any specific questions, please feel free, uh, Travel size items. We're collecting the same stuff for the same groups, and you will bless—not uh, people out there that maybe we won't see. These are people in our city, um, and it is a—it's an honor to get to partner with these groups. So I do encourage you uh, to do that. And hey, thank you for so faithfully giving. Those of you who give to Four Corners Church, uh, we're here because of you and we're able to minister the people in the city uh, because of your faithful giving so we still have online text and cash or check options that cash and check if you do that here in person can also be dropped in the drop box
0: great hey would you guys stand up with me this morning hey God's at work He's at work. He's at work in your life. I want to uh, uh, pray a uh, blessing for you um, on your way out. Uh, we'll have look. We'll be here uh, every week. the The, the plan is um, for the project to be about three to four months, and so we'll we'll be here. Um, if you honestly, if you have any uh, ideas or, or suggestions as far as like uh, getting to the space, I, we, the way we put out signs earlier there's like 42 different ways to get over here and so i don't know if you if you came in and you're like hey i, I just accidentally found this place or or you know uh hey grab one of the leaders talk to me or whatever just give me ideas say hey that sign told me and i ended up in the bathroom somewhere so just we're, we're I'd, lo- I'd love to hear that just so we can know i want to make sure that it's um it's a it becomes a familiar place in a space for people uh, to be able to gather and then as we as we move forward it's super neat we got to we got our own little food court deal going down the sidewalk over there. We can hang out and and be together. So, hey, would you do this this morning? Would you hold out your hands like this? I, I, I can't give you a gift, but Jesus loves giving gifts. He loves giving good gifts to his children. Father, this morning, will you bless them and may they walk in your favor, your goodness. God, may your face shine upon them this week. God, let them experience Your goodness, and not only that, lift and elevate, God, the trust in their own lives. And so in every area, the spaces that look like you're active and the spaces that look like it's dormant, God, in every area, may they see your hand this week and they walk in the power and the joy of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, love you guys. See y'all.